0: Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
1: This is the body of Christ Church. And well and welcome to it. is the key is the key. Yes, yes. Police, see the blood in the church. will forget about my friends in the dance Giant love me up and great peace of mind. On this I'll them to find. I'm free, 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 I'm free,
0: I'm free, 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 go free free i i free and free And free free i until the devil get thee behind. I come up for so Great Mighty Father. See a
2: protector. So Writing, and welcome once again to another episode of Repentance is the Key I am the host of Brother Abadji and I have some uh, other brothers joining me Lord well, willing willingness uh, later on this evening But the topic that we're dealing with this evening is the politics of religion That's right, you heard me, I said the politics of religion uh, America claims to be, quote, one nation under God, end quote While at the same time upholding the separation of church and state, this contradiction can be seen at the heart of every major issue affecting the nation. Politicians often claim to be men of faith, but rarely, if ever, do they look to the Holy Bible and the teachings of Jesus Christ for instruction. This paradox is especially prevalent in the African American community, where many of its political leaders also wear the titles of reverends, ministers, and bishops. But can religion and politics uh, ever truly coexist and how welcome are biblical values in the political arena which caters to the wicked and godless join us today for another edition of Repentance as the Key as we examine the politics of faith and uh, oh I see I have a matter of fact I have a, one of my guests uh, is here on the show with me the book Cucumber Bar and uh, for those of you that don't know Kakam actually hosts a show that airs on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m., called "Are You Smarter Than Your Pastor?", where we actually uh, examine, you know, so-called spiritual leaders and pastors to see if what they're saying and what they set forth is in accordance with the Bible. So, come say a few words for the uh, for the people.
3: Hey, shalom. Um, how are you reading? You reading me all right?
2: Yeah, I got you very clear.
3: Okay, very good. Um, give it all praises, brother. Uh, glad to be a guest on your Friday show. And Lord willing, the show will be fruitful and edifying To those that want to hear the words of Christ and repent
2: All right So, <clears throat> to come, I don't know if you all Had a chance to uh, Hear me read the synopsis of the show But basically One of the primary reasons I wanted to have you As a guest on this evening's show Is that it's, it's prim- uh, kind of similar to the uh, Are you in your pastor As far as what we're going to be dealing with Because um, we're not dealing with you know, a specific individual per se. But, you know, some of the uh, people that we're dealing with are uh, those that, you know, have the title of, you know, bishop, reverend, minister, so forth and so on. You know, you have your Reverend Al Sharp, Sharp and you have your Reverend Jesse Jackson, you have your Reverend Joseph E. Lowry, uh, you know, Bishop T.D. and, you know, a lot of other, you know, ministers, okay, a minute cloth, if you will that have you know, found their way into politics. And, you know, in light of recent events, you know, with the uh, our President Barack Obama actually coming out and making a statement, you know, saying that he was actually in support of uh, marriage equality, if you will. And for those of you who don't know what that is, basically marriage equality uh, is basically saying giving the same rights to uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, bisexual and transgender uh, folks. As so-called heterosexual couples have in the eyes, I say, in the eyes of the law, okay, entitling them to the same benefit but calling it marriage. But um, to come, I want to play a clip of our president, and I believe this was back in uh, a speech that he gave back in 2006, when he was uh, referencing the Bible, and you know, it, it, it's one thing, you know, because the other reason too, I wanted to have them to show is that. I wanted to touch on some things, you know, just even going into how the church got involved in the politics, you know. Before I say the clip, yeah, let me deal with that first. You know, how, how did how did our churches become involved in politics?
3: Well, basically, um, you know, in this in this country, uh, we know that uh, for the most part, blacks were brought over here in slavery. Right. And that being the case, they were pretty much restricted from reading, writing, and any kind of, uh, I guess, edification they could get outside from their captors. And like right around like the 1700s, like the 1740s, you started having slaves uh, pretty much being sought or seen, slaves and or freemen, ones of so-called Negroes that. Were able to buy their freedom or whatever They started to pop up And started to you know be in churches And congregations but they were very restricted Because of that white supremacy You know that was uh, Pretty much prevalent in our country at the time mm-hmm. And then what you had Was like around 1816 The first major Black church Was uh, formulated and that was What we always understand as The African uh American Episcopal. Episcopal Church, the A.M.E. You yeah, know? After,
2: after Methodist Episcopal, I
3: believe. Yeah, 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 Methodist Episcopal Church. That was formulated, and that was the the, the the so-called Black Church at the time. But then, as time mm-hmm. went on, people started going into Catholicism because you know most of the the religious rites at the time. Because I won't call them the church. I don't know what a Black Church is as what the Bible describes, but. Just for lack of better terms, they'll say the black church, uh, most of them were non-Catholic because, you know, they were, like, very restrictive. All churches were very restrictive. So over time, you know, what you started seeing around the 1800s and 1900s is black people going into all kind of, or Negroes, going into all kind of different denominations. But Mm -hmm. they were still being restricted. That's why you had the formulation of black Baptists. Pentecostal movement, so on and so forth, right? Now, right. when you look at that in the whole, to answer your question more specifically, one of the first large organizations that was kind of like a body collective of so-called Negroes or black people was the church. So now mm-hmm. when folks had problems like equality, voting rights, so on and so forth. Where did they go to organize?
0: The church. The
3: church. Take it from the 1800s, the 1900s, 1950s, everybody knows the whole, even secular groups like the NAACP and all these other groups, which was founded by, you know, uh, so-called white Jewish folks, um, mm-hmm. founded that organization. They heavily depended on the so-called black church because that was kind of like the the rallying organization for most black folks at the time because there was no other organized organizations that really black people could deal with as far as dealing with some of the social ills. So that's how they got it, uh, so heavily mixed in politics. <clears throat> Excuse me. But even when you go from the 50s to the prominent leaders of today, the Al Sharptons, the Jesse Jackson, so on and so forth, nobody had an election to elect these people as leader of the so-called Monolithic group of black people, which is, I said that sarcastically, but because they Hmm. have that, what, church background, they have uh, kind of taken the mantle through the, what, mass media and so on and so forth as leaders of the so-called black community.
2: Right. Because it's funny, even when I think of the the civil rights movement, you know, and, and the thing that galvanized the civil rights movement going into, you know, equal rights so that, you know, Negroes can vote and you know, one of the primary things I think uh one of the key events that kinda helped launch us uh, launch the so called black church into the civil rights movement, you had the uh what was it, the church bombing, I think it was in Mississippi, Alabama. My mom was gonna kill me for this. But um the the one basically stole the three little girls. You the, know,
3: Birmingham, Birmingham.
2: Birmingham, right, is in Alabama. Right. So I mean when well, you had basically terrorism on US soil against people of color. You know, but they, they don't want to talk about that. You know, but when you have uh, had stuff like that, then the only salvation that we saw at the time was more or less getting involved in the politics so that we could have some type of representation. And I think that would be a fair assumption. Um, before I play this clip, just going into the, you know, dealing with the topic, I think I got the that one on. With it. Hold on one second. Hey, the that one, you're on with the Body of Christ Radio Network. How you doing? I'm doing all right, bro. How are you? Doing fine, doing fine. Yeah, um As you talked about already know we're dealing with the topic of uh, the politics of religion, and uh, I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to some of the things that we dealt with, uh, you know, just a bit earlier. But you know, just really going into trying to figure out how the "quote unquote" black church got involved with politics in the first take, you know, in the first place. Um, what's your What's your take on that? Money, 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 money. <laughs> That's okay. it. All right. So I'm gonna play this first clip because the thing is is that you know when we look at um you know like I said in light of recent events, you know one of the biggest being the thing of equal uh, the marriage equality for a lesbian and I I say the title fully because it's encompassing all of those people that fall into this this category. The acronym LGBT basically lesbian, gay, transgender, and bisexual. And, you know, the push for, I mean, you see Jesse Jackson, excuse me, so-called Reverend Jesse Jackson has come forth and has spoken uh, in favor of it. And uh, just to remind our listeners, this show is not about, you know, marriage equality, okay? This show is about the politics of religion. So let's not get it twisted. But this is pretty much more or less the most recent thing that has come up, you know, because it was, you know, abortion and any other thing that, you know, we look in the Bible that's contrary to. As a lot of our so-called uh, Men of cloth have spoken in favor of Regardless of what the scriptures say about it But, you know, you have the Reverend Joseph Lowry e. that has come forth In support of this uh, You know, you've had uh, Who am I missing, Al Sharpton who's come forth but A lot of the so-called, you know and, and the media is spinning this thing as far as like You know, it's a, uh, what about the black church What does the black church have to say in the division of the basement the black church But I don't ever recall seeing A division in the scriptures as far as the Lord is concerned Right You know But I want to play this first clip. I want to go ahead and jump into this Because you know this is uh, President Barack Obama I think this is back when he was still a senator This is a speech from 2006 When he was dealing with the Bible And I want y'all I I got this thing divided up into three clips Because it's a four minute clip in total But I want you to key in on some things that he says Here's the clip
1: now, moreover, given the increasing diversity of America's population, the dangers of sectarianism are greater than ever. Whatever we once were, we are no longer a Christian nation, at least not just. We are also a Jewish nation, and a Muslim nation, and a Buddhist nation, and a Hindu nation, and a nation of non believers. And even if we did have only Christians in our midst, If we expelled every non-Christian from the United States of America, whose Christianity would we teach in the schools? Would it be James Dodson's or Al Sharpe's? Which passages of scripture should guide our public policy? Should we go with uh, Leviticus, which uh, suggests slavery is okay, and that eating uh, shellfish is an abomination? Or we could go uh, with uh, Deuteronomy, which suggests stoning your child if he strays from the faith. Or should we just stick to the Sermon on the Mount, a passage that is so radical that it's doubtful that our own defense department would survive its application. We... Well, before we get carried away, let's read our Bibles now. Folks haven't been reading the Bible. Okay.
2: So that was the president back in 2006 prior to running for office. And you see the, you know, there were some things that were said as far as, you know, first of all, bringing out that America, the country that we live in in the U.S. or whatever, you know, that we're a very diverse country you know, one of the things that this country was founded upon was, you know, when people were coming in through Ellis Island, was, this was called the Great Melting Pot. So in attempts to uh, address the diversity of America, you know, of this country, you know, he brings in the whole thing of, makes a point of saying, hey, you know, we're not just a nation of Christians, meaning those who uh, profess the belief and of Jesus of Jesus Christ, but also we have Muslims, we have uh, people of the Jewish faith, and we have those who are atheists And those who are non-believers. So, I mean, what y'all think on on this clip, man? Because I, I got a few things I I, I like to bring up but I want to give y'all the first swing.
3: And yeah, also, I got I, I'm
2: gonna bring in a second Can I
3: start it off? Go ahead,
2: brother. Yeah. Um, you're, you're senior, so go ahead.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got
2: that senior senior citizens pass, so we let the seniors yeah. go first. Go ahead.
3: Okay, bro. <laughs> All right both high Christ bless you too <laughs> hey, listen, but getting back to this uh in all seriousness, it's something that uh you know we we listen to one another, teach a lot, and we be pick up on certain things, and it's something that um you know you see you know pretty much on the horizon here um men like this that are prominent according to this world. They say things and they show their sheer ignorance of the scriptures, number one. But number two, the problem that he has trying to figure out how to proceed is not with um, the fact that he has an aversion to believe in the God of the Bible. It's the, the thing that, you know, like Akari says, he's never met a true atheist. He's always met people that have a problem with God. But the reason that people have a problem with God is because of the representation of what they think God is. Because, you know, mm-hmm. when, you, when you look at this guy, he goes to some church where Reverend Wright was for years in Chicago. And then he was going to some church, or when he made president, he's going to some cathedral in D.C. Now, all these places that he's going, they're not dealing with the Bible. And see, because if they were dealing with the Bible, he could have answered his own question. And I'm going to read the scripture. He said very plainly, whose Christianity will we teach? Well, there was only one Christ. There is not, see, that, that's what the problem is. People think that denominations and all these different variances of so-called Christianity have some stand and power with the Most High in Christ. But there's only one Christ to follow. There's only one Christian doctrine, and I'll read the proof of it. Ephesians 4, verse, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Basically what he said, whose Christianity we're going to find? Chris Dobson, and he names these names. But you know mm-hmm. what came out of his mouth? Whose Christianity we're going to follow? Christ? Because that's the answer. So when you look at these people, people have to get an understanding. They're sure educated and versed in the matters and concerns and the spirit of this world, but this world is the world of Satan. That's what we're living in, the world controlled by Satan. So to give them any credence, on anything that's coming out of this Bible I'm talking about Obama I'm talking about Jesse Jackson I'm talking about T.D. Jakes Anyone you just fill in the blank That's dealing with some denomination Or some new world theology Or new age theology And not the Bible This is where the misunderstanding And the confusion comes in That is it There's only one One, one, one. one faith, one baptism One Lord, one God so that's the one we're supposed to follow. Unfortunately, that God of the Bible is not being preached and taught in this world. Go ahead, bro.
2: I mean, yeah. When when people look at the Bible, he's talking about um, their defense department wouldn't wouldn't survive. So when you look at Christ, Christ, this is uh, Matthew ten thirty four. Because a lot of people that they're, they're, the image of Christ that they see. That's portrayed throughout the whole world Isn't the image that the Bible uh, Portrays Christ as Whether it be his physical image But more importantly His image as a man and how he carried himself This is Matthew 10 verse 34 It says think not that I've come to send peace on earth I've come not to send peace but a sword So People think that you know Christ was this Soft, weak effeminate looking God because that's the pictures That they have of Christ was as his father a man of war, but he came to save his people from his sins. Now he came as the lion. He came as the lamb. When he returned, he's coming as the lion, and he's going to whip his sword, and it says he's going to come in a white garment, and when he's finished, he's going to be red. So that's why we teach repentance, to give that warning. Now, look, if you don't repent, you're going to perish, just like Christ said in Luke 13. If you don't repent, ye shall all likewise perish, from from the least sinner to the greatest. That's why we got to be working very hard to get ourselves straight and get our minds right, and and basically bring our little from the darkness of light. Tip, you see anyone that's very prominent, they have to make some kind of homage to Satan, and one of the key um, key. Signifiers signifies is that they have to dishonor the Bible, and they have to dishonor the Heavenly Father, and they have to dishonor Christ. And I think he did all of those in that little speech that he gave. And what do, what do people do? They applaud it. Clap. They applaud it. Mm-hmm. So, look, when people come out and say, look, guess what? We're going to show you the new God. And then Satan, people are going to clap. Yeah, we knew it all along. Yeah, it's a rock band. I love it. That's what people gonna do. Then the real Christians go. We gonna We gonna be back in the caves and the rocks again. Back to you. And actually, you know what? I got a, another brother on the show with us. This is Brother uh, Spock from St. Louis. Uh, so Mark, uh what are your thoughts on on what you just heard, bro? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I just like
4: saying, "Most times Christ, bless everyone." And I was going to deal with a little bit more in Ephesians than what could come. Because when you jump down to verse 13, mm. the scripture, it tells you, till we all come into the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Because like the scripture says, he just read there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And also the scripture says there's only one name under heaven that men shall be saved by, and that's the Son of God, which is Christ. So we all have to come into the unity of Christ. That's the the things that we gotta get in common with everybody. Everybody has to follow the examples of Christ. It says unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ It says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men. Because he named every wind a doctrine by the slate by a slate of men. All them doctrines that he announced were man-made doctrines. We only got the doctrine
2: of Christ is where we are supposed to follow.
0: Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean because it's funny because it's that going back to that whole thing of you know putting everybody under one umbrella. Mm. You know, now I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit because he actually just comes out and say You know, says it. But I want to home in on something that Kacumm uh, had brought out earlier. I want to read Second Peter uh, chapter two, and I'm gonna read verses. Uh, I'm gonna read down to one through three because this is actually the thing about it is that this is a letter that Peter was writing, you know, writing and he's showing you. First of all, we know and understand that this is dealing with the people that supposedly were in the church. Okay. So he says, but there are false prophets also among the people. Even as there should be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresy, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Because the thing that we have to realize is that a lot of our so called religious leaders, you know, and even more, more so the ones that have, like, you know, made that transition into politics. They've had to basically more or less distance themselves from a lot of the foundation of the teachings of Jesus Christ, which is repentance, and and adopt the whole notion of, you know, so-called inclusion, or at least the world's definition of it, okay? Mm -hmm. The whole thing about equality, when we look in the scriptures, the equality, we get equality with the Heavenly Father through repentance, you know, meaning that, Regardless of the, the sins that we have committed Once we commit ourselves to the Heavenly Father Then we have the right To grow in the fruits of the Spirit And earn that right To working our way to the Kingdom That's the Lord's version of equality you know, Okay, Whether you're homosexual Whether you've had an abortion Whether you're a murderer, a pedophile Or you know all manner of wickedness And sin that it speaks of in the Bible Even the, the adultery When we repent of those things That's how we gain equality in the Lord Okay, that's where the inclusion is But we see that these false teachers And they, and they do it real slick Okay, because what they do is They they, they uh, uh, feed on the emotions Of the people of, you know Well, you know, I don't want to exclude everybody I don't want to be mean I don't want to be unfair But the Lord already gave us the rules on how to be fair That's mm-hmm. why it says Even denying the Lord that brought them And bringing from themselves with destruction Because now they find themselves Because of rather than make, just basically going further into sin, oh, and now we have to pass new bills, or we have to make new programs, or we have to pass new laws
0: to uh, curb
2: the side effects of sin, which is basically what's going on. But what I want to focus on this verse 2. It says, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And it goes back to the point that come brought out earlier in the show is that People see this and it's like, okay, well, you got this person that claims to follow Christ. You got this person or we know that he's a hypocrite because he had a, a scandal two, two weeks ago. Okay, you got all these different people out there with their version of Jesus or their own personal relationship with Jesus. And none of those things match up with what's written in the scriptures. All right. Hey. And hey. that's, uh, go ahead, uh,
3: well, see, the whole thing about it is it's very interesting that we're having this class now because just yesterday I had a conversation with some of my coworkers, all three who happen to be – I work with a mixed group. I, I supervise a mixed group of people, but the three that happen to be so-called Negro, we were talking. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting that we were talking about church, hypocrisy, and so on and so forth, right? And the point is is we were standing right by a church, And I printed to it where the pastor got caught by his wife in bed with another man, right? Long story short, the church kicked his wife out and kept the pastor. So I, I guess, you know, adultery don't count if you sleep with another woman's husband and you're a man. I guess it don't count. I don't know. But anyway... They kicked him out, and I was talking about the hypocrisy and the people that's dealing with church. I said, It doesn't matter what you were, homosexual, whatever, thief, murderer, whatever, but when you come to deal with the doctrine, you have to show the thing that Christ said we had to show. That was repentance. And basically, they agree, but then they go, Well, nothing's perfect. It's just, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. You, any church you go to, you're going to have stuff going on. Just look at the choir directors. Mm-hmm. And they just accept it. this is why we have the situation that we have now, because what we accept the mundane, the repugnant, the evil, the worst of the worst. We accept it right, and we don't do yeah. what the Lord says, repent, and follow him, and not men. That's why we're in the situation we're in. so the politics changed Jesse Jackson before nineteen before nineteen eighty. Was anti-abortion. He was the military mm-hmm. Jackson, calling the black genocide. You just check our show. We got his video. and uh, We got audio clips of him on the "Are You Smarter Than Your Pastor?" Show archive. The Reverend Jesse Jackson. We did a show on him about two weeks ago. But soon as he needed money to run for president in 1984, guess what happened? position cool. Because he knew he could get money from the eugenics and the uh, the abortion uh, abortion mill crowd. So this is the thing about the what corruption. The guy one said it. Anytime you're in that kind of level of prominence, right, you have to corrupt yourself immensely. Because I can't see for the life of me, unless the Lord has His hand in it, that a man of God, true man of God, stands up and becomes an elected official on any level. Go Mm -hmm. ahead, back to you.
2: Yeah, and uh, and just for people who don't know, I mean Al Sharpton. You know, most black people know who Al Sharpton is. But James Dobson is actually an evangelical Christian author-psychologist, and uh, he's most famous and notable for, you know, founding the Focus on Family uh, organization. Basically, he's, like, considered an ultra-conservative, okay, as far as going into, you know, usually that name is associated with the Republican Party as far as views on family and things of that nature and marriage and so-called upholding a a stronger uh, code of ethics with morality is concerned, so. It, it, it's funny that he should name those two. <laughs> right.
3: But he didn't name Christ, though.
2: No, of course not.
3: Mm-mm.
2: Of course not. So I want to play clip number two of this, uh, going into this same speech. This is about a minute and forty-five seconds long. And you know, just just kind of you know listen to this and, and what what the
1: you know the then Senator Obama is saying. Folks haven't been reading the Bible. <laughs> democracy demands that the religiously motivated translate their concerns into universal rather than religion specific values. What do I mean by this? It requires that their proposals be subject to argument and amenable to reason. I may be opposed to abortion for religious reasons to take one example but if I to pass a law banning the practice. I can't simply point to the teachings of my church or evoke God's will. I have to explain why abortion violates some principle that is accessible to people of all faiths, including those with no faith at all. Now this is going to be difficult for some who believe in the inerrancy of the Bible as many evangelicals do but in a pluralistic society we have no choice politics depends on our ability to persuade each other of common aims based on a common reality it involves compromise the art of what's possible and at some fundamental level religion doesn't allow for compromise it's the art of the impossible if God's spoken then followers are expected to Live up to God's edicts regardless of the consequences. Now, to base one's own life on such uncompromising commitments may be sublime, but to base our policy making on such commitments would be a dangerous thing. And, and if you doubt that, let me just give you an example. We all know the story of Abraham and Isaac.
2: Okay, I, I cut it off like right that. But it, it's a lot of meat on that bone. Mm. There's a lot of meat on that bone. Um,. Uh, who who wants first swing at it, man? Because there's a few things that I could touch on, but you know what? Y'all are the guests on the show. I, I'd rather hear what you have to say. So, Shemar, uh, do you have anything to weigh in on uh, what we just heard as far as the uh, non-compromising uh, so-called religion or, you know, uh, religious views, quote-unquote, that can be uh, reasoned or argued with? You know, we can debate about them. You know, I mean, it's, it's so many things that, that that you know that we can touch on in, in reference to the scriptures. So, uh, Shamar, what do you have to say about it?
4: You know, I got a scripture in First uh, John the third, uh, the third, First John two and verse three, because I'm just going to pretty much deal with like as far as like how we know who's really dealing with the scriptures and what. You're supposed to follow as far as like, what the scripture says. And it says, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Because a lot of things, like he was, Kakam um, was speaking on earlier about Jesse Jackson, when he, his whole attitude changed towards abortion, when it came to him getting status in the earth and all that stuff. But when it comes to us truly standing up for what the commandment says and doing, we start sticking out like so a thumb. And then we, instead of arriving to the top, we start sinking to the bottom. So that's why I said, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So if any of these guys is really, truly following the commandments of God, we'll be able to see that in him by their fruits. Says, so, he that said, I know him, and keeping not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. It says, know we, it says, hereby know we that we are in him. He that says I abide in him ought also walk. so to walk even as he walk. So when you start dealing with the commandments of the Heavenly Father Christ and looking at it as Christ taught it, we're going to follow and uphold it no matter what situation that we're put in in life. So also, um, a lot of these things that um, we're dealing with, when we start dealing with, like, um, as far as, like, the things that we're that in life, as far as, like, keeping the commandment is all dealing with the spirit of, like, the um, fulfilling the lust of the flesh and things of that nature. So uh, that's pretty much it I had to say on that.
2: Yeah, I got some uh about you. This is um Jude the first chapter in the fourteenth verse, and it says Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints not ten thousand, ten thousands of his saints to do what? to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that were ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Who's the him? It's the Most High, and Christ. So this is what Obama's doing. And so he proved himself to be a sinner because he's speaking against the Bible. He's speaking with full force. 16. It says, these are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouths speak of great swelling words, having men's person in admiration because of advantage. So, yes, for you to get ahead in this world, you must put aside the Bible. You must put aside those ideas, and you must bow down to Satan. But if you're going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, yes, you will look like a fool. You will look like it does the scripture says? It's the foolishness of preaching. This is what people think that we teach Oh, that's outdated. That book is outdated. You need to modernize, you need to come into the twenty first century, that old book. That's what people think. But murder is murder. Adultery is adultery. Stealing is stealing. Stealing was stealing thousands of years ago, stealing is stealing the same today. So what's outdated? This is not outdated. See what people don't see behind the curtain is Satan pulling the strings. Because basically
0: mm-hmm.
2: shall be the whole of the Lord. That's Satanism. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Verse 17. It says, but for love, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what they're trying to make everyone forget. Whether it be a bottle, just a puppet. He just wanted another one of those ministers of Satan. That Satan himself has transformed himself into an angel of light, perpetrating like he's Christ, and then he got other people going around to trick the people and to fool them in a false light, to follow this light. This is a real light. Don't follow that Bible. That's the, the Bible is evil. So the thing that is good, they're making people think that it's evil. And the things that are evil, they're making people think that are good. Perfect example, a vampire's glitter now.
3: <laughs> <Thank you. laughs>
2: hey come I, out, I hear you, uh yeah, i
3: holding, holding I was holding back and the guy one touched on it, but I want to build bring up this whole thing because, like I say, you know, we often talk and I talk to I know I talked to the guy one and I talked to Akari about this one particular specific thing quite a bit, how in the world they'll tell you that something is uh neutral like separation from church and state. No, you can't teach religion in school. Yes, you can, because they teach the religion of Satan because they teach evolution, which denies the Father, which goes against the Most High in Christ. So they are teaching a doctrine, right? So when you mm-hmm. listen to him saying things like, um, excuse me, they're teaching a doctrine, but it's a doctrine of Satan. That's okay according to this world. But when you listen to him say, The key words we have to pay attention to are words mean something. When he talks about, like, universal reasoning and universal uh, understanding and debating, what he's saying is there are no absolutes, and that is a lie. There is an absolute right. There is an absolute wrong because they were with the Father before he even started to move on the creation of this planet and those people that inhabit it. I'm going to read a scripture, Psalms 119, verse 160. It says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. So, whatever the Most High said was righteous, like remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, six days, mm-hmm. the seventh day is the Sabbath, guess what? That is not going to change. If it's unrighteous in his sight because men went into wickedness, that's the only reason he had to mention the things not to do in unrighteousness, like a man laying with man like he lies with woman. The reason he had to put that in there is because he determined that that was an abomination in his sight, just like he determined that uh, murder is wrong. He said thou shall not kill. So when you suck a baby out of your womb, you know, uh, with a suction hose like a vacuum cleaner, and then you go in there and scraping it like you clean a steak that's good to you with a knife and just scraping it out. That is murder. That's what it is. There is no debate on whether or not the fetus is viable or this not. No, when you see in the scriptures, when a woman got pregnant at conception, she says, "I am with child." So this is the thing that we have to understand. What Gadawan was bringing out real crystal clear. I just want to hone in on it. It is the doctrine of Satan because it was a man that is very prominent and popular in this society. He started being really prominent in the 50s and the 60s with the hippie movement. His name was Alistair Crowley, and he was called entitled himself the B666. He was a devout follower of Satan, and you know what his book of the law was is "Do as thou wilt." That's what you're going out and got going on in this world. No absolutes, no right or wrong. It's just whatever you float your ball. So if you're in the hood, just like last week, you want to roll up and shoot five people because of some drug transaction, broad daylight, go ahead. I'm talking about what happened in our city last weekend. Oh, and 20 minutes later, guess what? On another street, some fools got into it over some drugs, and they shot up a college student party and killed one college student. Oh, just go Mm -hmm. out of there. You want to sell dope? You want to be a prostitute? You want to lie with a man as a man? You want to lie with a woman? Oh, it's okay. It's all right. It's no, it's no absolute. Can you see the way this is going? And this is what the world is becoming. Now, one more thing, and this is the warning. Matthew 12, verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. The reason I read that is because those things that you're saying, great speech, oh, he's so intelligent, he speaks so well. That prominent thing they put on black people that seem intelligent, oh, he speaks so well. But you know what? When he's dealing with words like that, if he's, Mr. Obama, I'm telling you something, you need to leave that alone because you're very ignorant in that. Matter of fact, you're being very wicked. If you don't repent of those things that you said, guess what? In the end, you're going to be judged for it, and it's not going to be nice. Back to you, man.
2: It's funny you said uh, What you said About you could do anything Because and there's no absolutes I saw that I actually saw that on a TV Program today Where the guy was saying look there's no real There's no real right or wrong You know it's things just This he's like what do you mean You know no there's no real Right or wrong and he's like well I killed a guy You know Last year and you know You know, to this very day, when I think about it, I feel good about it. (laughs) So this is what they're putting into the minds of the people, whether it be TV shows, whether it be the President of the United States.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: That satanic doctrine is going forth where Christ didn't say that. Christ didn't say, you know, you can do whatever you want to do, I'm still going to love you. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. He didn't say it. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's Mm -hmm. what he said. So if you're not keeping the commandments that Christ laid down, then you don't love him. So Obama shows that what? He doesn't love Christ. And if he doesn't love Christ, he is his enemy. That should be very clear. So on that day of judgment, do you want to be friends with the enemies of Christ? Because if you're friends with the enemies of Christ, then that makes you enemies of Christ. That's what it said in 1 John, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So, would it be safe to say that, you know, just looking at the examples of, you know, and the only reason I'm I'm using these men is because they're some of the most prominent ones, but you have even, like, on a so-called grassroots level, you know, a lot of your local, uh, you know, preachers and reverends who, you know, are in league with, you know, are in agreement with this thing, but, you know, they just don't get the air time. Mm. You know, as far as your Jacksons, your Sharptons, your uh, Lowrys, and the Jakes, and everybody else, you know. For just for the record, I haven't seen anything as, a, as a, uh, the current airing of this show as far as uh, 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 t. Bishop t v t. Jake so-called weighing in on this on the issue of uh, marriage equality. But, mm-hmm. um, but some of the more prominent reverends, as far as uh, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and even Joseph Lowry, who's, a, you know, more more uh, of a, a civil rights icon than anything else. You know, it, it, it's funny because they say, no, listen, this is not a religious issue. This is a civil rights issue. And I was like, whoa, I said they really taking it there? Mm-hmm. And I really had to sit back and think, just listen to the speech of Obama back in 2006, it shouldn't be a surprise that he has, uh, in his own words, as uh, he says, evolved to, you know, make the, the announcement as far as his position on, on marriage equality, you know, for the LGBT community. Because, you know, and people need to, you know, need to really pay attention. Because, you know, back when he was elected, you know, his whole stance on that issue was that, you know, hey, I'm I'm for a civil uh, union. Okay, basically going into the whole thing of, listen, they should be, because they're American citizens and they pay taxes, then they should be entitled to all of the benefits that heterosexual citizens are entitled to. That's all well and good, but the thing was that the president's view has not changed from when he got elected into office. He's just using a different choice of words.
0: Hmm.
2: And, and and I think this is what a lot of people in the so-called black church are getting caught up on. Because was it wrong now that he's, I mean, what, does it make it wrong all of a sudden now that he's calling it uh, uh, a marriage instead of a civil union? I mean, whether or not, you know, according to the Bible, wrong for two people of the same gender to, to get together and a man and a woman are supposed to get together in marriage? I mean, maybe I'm missing something. You know, but before we move on, because you know what, I'm not going to take the break. we got about 15 minutes left before to come as a leader. But uh, i want to play this last clip, because this is the last part of the speech um, that he was given back in 2006.
3: Hey, going hey, into um, that whole thing. Go ahead, uh, I'll, stay mm-hmm. on the I'll
2: stay on the eight fifteen. I'm all right. Okay, cool. I didn't want to take you away from uh from the regular Friday evening show. Okay, okay here we go. This is actually uh, part three, and Shemar, you know, jump in at any time, brother. <laughs> <laughs> jump in at any time. But uh, here we go. He put a clip to me because at the end of clip two, you know, he went to the you know stated the whole thing about the so called the unit. Uh, Pulling the universal principles From all of your so-called different walks of faith And, you know, just stating that You know, not adhering to absolutes When it comes to politics And for politics, that's all well and good But, well, I'll
1: bring this out after the clip Here's the
2: last part of that speech
1: Abraham's ordered by God to offer up his only son Without argument, he takes Isaac up to the mountaintop. He binds them to the altar, raises his knife, prepares to act as God commanded. Now we know things worked out. You know, God sends down angel to intercede. It's very okay. I had to stop it, Joe. I had to stop it because he's like he's telling the story, and he's like and it's
2: almost like. Uh, a, a sarcastic You know well, Things worked out <laughs> Things more than worked out But I'm going to put it in the beginning From the beginning But I had to bring this Kind of bring that out You know Because the thing is Is that when you have Well I'm going to quick Before I speak on it When you start again From the beginning
1: Abraham's ordered by God To offer up his only son Without argument, he takes Isaac up to the mountaintop, he binds him to the altar, raises his knife, prepares to act as God commanded. Now, we know things worked out. You yep. know, God sends down angel to intercede at the very last minute. Abraham passes God's test of devotion. But it's fair to say that if any of us leaving this church, saw Abraham on the roof of a building, raising his knife, we would at the very least call the police and expect the Department of Children and Family Services to take Isaac away from Abraham. No matter how religious they may be or may not be, people are tired of seeing faith used as a tool of attack.
2: People are tired of seeing faith used as a tool of attack, and and that's the thing that we need to pay attention to, because you know again when we when agendas are set forth in politics, you know our, our political leaders they will partner themselves or join themselves with the churches just so they can get that backing of that constituency. Okay. Yes, I represent some of your views. I can't represent all of the views because I'm not just your Political official or your elected official I represent all of you I apologize You You don't give a damn about their views Because you know Look at (laughs) this
0: You could be the most unpopular
2: unpopular president in history And still get elected So what he's doing is a very cunningly designed thing And I'm going to quote this scripture And then you may get it This is uh, Hebrews 11 and 6 It says but without faith It's impossible to please him but he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So he's just turning people away from the Most High by destroying their faith. Oh, you go just blindly believe in God like that. He didn't, he didn't fit it out. It worked out. It worked out. Like you say, he's destroying people's faith. So he's showing his hand. Not to piss you off, but this speech was given in church. Yeah And they should have thrown his ass out <laughs> Senator <Yeah>. and all <laughs> His secret <laughs> services get, You get your little black ass On out of here Because you the devil You don't belong in here That's what they should have did But they there clapping. Uh, the senator spoke well he's speaking, he's speaking against Father Abraham like that
4: when he, you know, speaks of,
2: when he speaks about Father Abraham it says by faith This is uh, Hebrews 11 and 8 it says by faith Abraham When he was called to go out into a place Which he shall after receive an inheritance Obeyed And he went out Not knowing whether he went By faith he should join t- in the land of promise As in a strange country Dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob the heirs were with him of the same promise. So he had faith to the end, even, you know, offering up his son. It says that in verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and that he had received the promise, promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, From whence also he received him in a figure. So he believed that there was a higher power than himself. He believed in the Most High. See, they don't want you to believe in the Most High. They want you to believe in yourself. They want you to believe in these men, these politicians. And they're telling you, he told them this is about compromise. So Mm -hmm. compromise could mean be put rendition in your behind and put you in a secret prison. Far, far away Or put you on An assassination list Because they might Think possibly That you are a terrorist So that You know Because you're reading The Bible That's what it's basically Coming down to I'm not dealing with Conspiracy theories You start you reading this Bible The Bible's soon Going to be hate speech
4: Mm-hmm
2: Sound like he was Saying it to me
4: mm-hmm. But in the same breath He was Like you said He spoke against Abraham He was also Speaking against The Most High Because that was pretty much commanded of the Heavenly Father for Abraham to do that, and for him to say that, all right, if we see that in his day and time, you're, you're, um, or at he said the police or whoever comes get Abraham and lock him up and take away the job. But it's just another scheme of a satanic agenda, because um, Ephesians 6 tell you, since the letter says, put on the whole arm of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because you got to know how the devil works and how he comes. We use people in high position and authorities to mislead your thinking and your thought and your judgment about the Bible. He mm-hmm. says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And that's what's going on When you look at these people A lot of these people are in leadership with the devil And they can speak so eloquently And fluently And make you think that what they're saying is true When it's really just a lie And give you to second think the Most High Because that was pretty much um, A foreshadow of what the Heavenly Father Was going to do with his son Because he gave his only begotten son For the whole world So he's speaking against the Most High as well
3: Well, and that's a real good point that you made there, um, um, Samak, because that's the ignorance of people. They're not understanding what that was all about. Because, you know, a lot of times when you look in the Bible and the things that happened, you know, when the prophets of old were dealing, it was always a foreshadow of Christ. And that whole situation with Abraham dealing with Isaac, was a foreshadow of what the Most High was going to do, because I'm going to read what Abraham, why he did what he did. I'm going to read Hebrews 11. I'm going to start at verse 17. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall the seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which also he received him in a figure. So, this is the thing. The most Abraham, the reason he was the friend of the Most High, because he had a mind like the Most High. He said, I know the Most High made promises, and that the seed that I have, Isaac, was going to be the seed of his progeny. But now he's telling me to kill him. I am I know the Most High ain't going to lie, so he's going to raise him up for the dead. So, let's just get it over with. He said, He was thinking the same thing the Most High had in store for who? Our Lord and Savior Christ. Christ came, lived on the earth, died, and then he was raised on the third day for all of us. So now, you can be cute, have your little quips, and put your little stuff out there, and people clap in the so-called church, because, you know, those places that, you know, we deal with, um, and they call them churches, they're dens of iniquity. They're dens of whores and harlots and whoremongers and all the things that are not nice, perverseness of all levels in those places, because no one's dealing with repentance. So what do you expect these places to have if no one's dealing with repentance? Repentance mm. being that you once were those things, like much like some of us, but now we have a pattern of works that show that we truly put those things off. That's what the doctrine of Christ is all about, and that's what these people aren't dealing with. That's why they were clapping. And I just want to make a note. die wouldn't let the word slip. I didn't. So we can mark this on the calendar. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and
4: I, I, got a quick, I got a quick point. It's like more like what he said, because like to follow Christ, it takes, it takes change. And like the scripture says, um, we are supposed to walk in the Spirit. And the Spirit is the word of the Heavenly Father. So... When we take on Christ and the Heavenly Father, our actions or deeds they have to change, and that's why you have the church full of people that's ignorant because they truly don't want to change from their ways. So they go to places and get their ego stroke, and all this is my. They you get man's vain opinion. But Mm -hmm. scripture say this, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these. Or contrary one to another So now a battle begins Something begins to happen to you When you truly begin to walk in the spirit And a lot of people don't want that change To happen because they, Like I said earlier they start sticking out like sore thumbs. So mm.
2: yeah. yeah and it's kind of funny Because you know even when you look at uh, I'm going to call it the, the evolution of Obama You know when he uh, In the beginning You know he was basically cool With Jeremiah Wright but then when Jeremiah Wright got a little bit too radical, okay, then he had to distance himself from Jeremiah Wright.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's like one of those things that people need to understand is that, you know, a, a politician, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about getting in an office and, and keeping the agenda of the powers that be, you know, moving forward at full force. It's never about, you know, well, we want to represent this person and we want to represent that person. That That's just the illusion of choice. Because, um, you know, I actually went back and just kind of looked to an archive show that, that was done. I think it was uh, Darkness to Light, Um, the guy that uh, I think Archive did back in, oh, this was a while back. I think it was um, the less, the so-called Lesser of Two Evils, where it yeah. went into the whole thing of how the illusion of choice was getting right. You know, where you have the illusion of choice, And and given that You know it's it's evident that You know that the politics that we see In this this country is more or less Contrary to the scriptures My question is You know Why is the so called black church Debating a stance on our president's uh, Decision on gay marriage You know because when you saw Some of the issues that you know The president took a stance on as far as Let's say abortion Okay and some other things that are more or less, you know, that we know that are contrary to the scriptures. I mean, this one thing here is something that's kind of like polarized the church, so-called, the so-called black church. I mean, you got some people that are speaking for it, and you have some people that are taking a stance and like, listen, this is what the Bible says, and this is my stance on it. And and, and it's funny that when you see, you know, especially dealing with the so-called black church, well, you know, when you see a minister have to so-called speak for his congregation or his church, they always A lot of them will come out and say, Well, this is my stance on this issue. Or this is my stance on, on this uh, this subject matter. But last time I read, we didn't have a stance. we we, we supposed to stand with Christ. Am I wrong on that? Or, you know, uh, am I missing something?
3: You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're right on point. And, and I'm a, it's a scripture that we read. It's almost cliche. But I'm going to read it anyway. It's in Hosea, the fourth chapter, verse six. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing Thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. So now, that shows you something when he makes that last statement about forgetting the children. It's not just for these people that Hosea is talking about right now, right then. It's for the what? The mm-hmm. children and their children's children. It will continue. Why? Because we refuse to deal with the right knowledge in this Bible We refuse to We then went off on all kind of madness And you know what, when we were talking before When you was talking about the black church I gave you a real quick brief history of the so-called black church development And that religion that they received wasn't the religion Or excuse me, wasn't the word of God It was religion as set up by their captors so all right. these religions that are set up, the Baptist, the Amni, the all these people, all this stuff, they dealing with their captives' knowledge and understanding to keep them captive. That's what the problem most people have. When you see a black atheist, he don't have a problem with God. He has a problem with the people that represented God that look like him. That's what his problem is with because he ain't never dealt with the Bible to truly understand the consistency of the Bible. The reason you have this madness going on with the debate in the church because these people aren't dealing with the word of God. They are not, they refuse to. They go to why they have to go to seminaries and T.D. Jakes uh empowerment conferences and so on and so forth. Why? It perpetuates the lie of Satan and it continues on and on. Seminary school, theological this I'm a theologian, I'm a doctor of divinity and all this other stuff. Right? Sure. So now, listen. I want to read this one more scripture here And uh, I don't know If I'll get back in again before I have to leave But I want to read this thing This is what we have to understand Real, real point We have to develop knowledge But we have to get the right understanding it's Because the reason we went into captivity The reason we destroyed as a people Is because we don't have the right knowledge Now, one of the things That I want to mention That came out of that historical founding of the black church When blacks were sneaking and reading The Bible and sneaking and trying to come to some kind of understanding Some of them developed the understanding That they were the chosen of the of the Most High And they were in mm-hmm. captivity for a reason And that they were praying and hoping for the Most High To bring them out of this last exodus They were almost there But you can see what happened We know what the rest of the story Just look around Church on every corner Along with a liquor store in the hood So now right. <clears throat> I'm going to read something real quick just to read the point that we have to get an understanding. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. I'm going to start at verse 11. When we deal with people, this is what we should expect for them and understand about them. This is what we do. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but what the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, that might seem heavy to some people because you're ignorant. It's not heavy. The Spirit of God is his word. He committed to us and then cleared it up and gave us a crystal clear understanding of it by his son Christ. That's what he did. So the way we judge things, we have to filter it through the understanding of Christ. If Christ said it was all good, guess what? Then it's absolutely good. If Christ said it was bad, guess what? It's absolutely bad. So, everything that we deal with with this spirit, because Christ said, These words I speak unto you are spirit and life in St. John 6 63. So, if you want to spiritually discern something, you have to filter it through the understanding Mm -hmm. of these words in Christ. And this is how you understand and determine what is right and what is wrong. Being a politician, you're like unstable water in the dang tsunami That's what mm. you are You shake it back What did the scriptures tell you about John the Baptist? What do you expect to see a reed shaking back and forth With everyone the doctor That's what a politician is They're like chameleons They change and with the wind Or they change the colors to blend in uh, Today Obama's with this side Tomorrow if you figure out he can get money With the ethical eating of doo-doo He'll be with that crowd
0: uh, Yeah,
3: eat doo-doo is good, eat it because they're going to give me money You understand what I'm saying? That's what a politician does That's why we're not supposed to give heed to that madness And we're supposed to pray for our God Our leader in Christ to come And bring this thing to what? Uh, and hopefully we'll be ready Go ahead hey, don't,
2: laugh at that. don't laugh at that Eden dung part Remember in the <laughs> scriptures When there's great famines in the land People pay good money for a piece of duty. <laughs> so don't don't, don't, lie, don't laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I got one yeah, more question no, before no. I close out. Before I close out for the evening, because you know, and and to come, this question is probably directed more so a, a, at you, given uh, given your age and the things that you've seen in life. But uh, and I know the have the but the, the Dalvin and Shemak, y'all y'all, got, you know more it's more than uh more than happy to take a swing at it, but. Given the role that, you know, that the so-called black church has played as far as, because cause these are things that we, you know, that we all come across in our daily lives when we deal with people, you know, as far as, what, what value is there as far as, you know, being involved in politics, or what value is there, you know, as far as being involved in, in uh, you know, in those things, given what has happened through the so, civil rights era, and you know, black people. You know, once upon a time, it was against the law for us to even be able to read. You know, now we can own our own business. You know, now we can have so-called equal representation. So, given the whole thing of so-called the the hypocrisy of religion and politics, what kind of edification do we get in the scripture concerning all of the so-called strides that have been made because so-called blacks have been allowed into politics, versus what our stance is supposed to be now in Christ? or where we, what our agenda supposed to be. I'm not really sure how to ask the question, but that's the best I can put out there.
3: I'll let Samak, because I want to take a stab at that before I respond. I, I
2: don't have nothing. So say again, um, uh, Bodger, what you were saying. Well, basically, we were just going into the whole thing of you know, we under we know and understand. Uh, uh, I'll put it this way: as it was told to me on more than one occasion. You know, we know and understand about the sacrifices and the lives that have been given up by you know you know the kings, the Malcolm X's, and basically the sacrifices that have been made by blacks for, to even allow us to even get to this point.
0: Mm. You know,
2: so how how are we supposed to I guess interpret that in, in the grand scheme of things? You know, because a lot of people get caught up on this whole thing, well, if you're saying like for example, if you're saying that well, I shouldn't vote, then, then why did we even go through the civil rights movement? You know, we would have never been able to read if people didn't, you know, march and sing and, you know, demonstrate and vote and, and all these other things. So I mean, so what mm-hmm. role does you know say to fit this for us now? But we have these rights. Well it that that that's very simple. And I take you to 1st Samuel 2nd chapter six verse And it reads It says the Lord killeth And maketh alive He bringeth down to the grave And bringeth up The Lord maketh poor And maketh rich He bringeth low And lifteth up He raises up the poor Out of the dust And lifteth up the beggar From the dunghill, so a pile of crap to sit among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord, and He has set the world upon them. So if we've been broke, down out, in the ghetto, in slavery, who did it? The Lord did it. The Lord Mm -hmm. says He makes poor. If you got a little bit of change, Janging, janging, janging around in your pocket How'd you get that? The Lord did that The Lord make you rich If you were in a low place in your life You doubted it out, who did that? The Lord did that If you've been lifted up from your condition that you're in Who did that? The Lord did that The Lord does all these things And people don't know him When they going to call on him When it's them in an extinction level event That's when they call on him Oh, Lord, the sky is falling. Now you're looking for the Lord. When you got a piece of chicken, you got some red Kool-Aid in your refrigerator, you ain't looking for the Lord. People are looking for the Lord. It says that all throughout the Bible. But when there was some kind of somebody whooping on your back and chasing you with some dogs and hanging you from a tree, then the Lord is relevant. Then you're looking for Jesus. He ain't looking for Jesus now, oh, We got black president, we got this We got weed, we got bling, we got that Don't need the Lord
0: yeah. See, We
2: do need the Lord See, all these things Are trickery of Satan. See, oh well Malcolm X did this And Malcolm X did that And Martin Luther the King What about Christ? What about Jesus? What about the Most High? Because without Christ We're not going to be able to do anything now, Martin oh, is gone Malcolm is gone. Marcus, all these men are gone. And they will down with the most high Christ. Christ is the man.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
2: the man. He's the one that's eternal that we have to look to. He's the one that we have to get repentance through. Nobody else.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: No one else. No man shall buy you. No man's going to save you. That's what people are finding out. People are talking to me because I'm the American here in England. And four years ago, they would oh, say, so, you happy? Obama, the first black man? Aren't you so happy." And I was telling him, "I was like, look, he's just a politician, and he's not Christ. He's not going to save you." That's what I was telling people. Now some of those people are coming back speaking to me. I'm so disappointed. Did you hear we was talking about the gay marriage and this and this? A lot of a lot of so-called Christians. A lot just that. I was like, "Didn't I tell you? I told you, didn't it? Like, yeah, you." Too. You.
3: Hey, Abadja Yep Let me just say this Because one of the things you were asking about What was the benefits for all the civil rights actions The separate but equal Arguments, the integration And all that right? Mm-hmm. That was one of the things you were talking about The whole civil rights How we should pay exactly. homage to that Let me just say this right? Something my father used to tell me When I was a young boy He used to tell me He used to tell me All the time Now let me just tell you My father was born in Jackson Mississippi In 1918 So Mm -hmm. that kind of tells you What kind of environment he Was exposed to And he lived Mm -hmm. in Jackson Mississippi And then in Mississippi Delta till he moved upstate New York In 1954 So what he used to tell me was And I didn't understand it I'm just now wrapping my brain around this thing now He used to tell me look at these he used to call them crisis pimps. Martin Luther King, the Jesse Jacksons, the Lowrys, and all these other people. He used to tell me, "Look at these people." Now it wasn't even as bad as it was now. Because matter of fact, I'll just, let me just continue what he used to say. He used to be like, "These people aren't for people that look like them. They're not for us because they're being what corrupted. Because if they were really for us." this American dream would have been separate but equal, truly, because there's no way the condition that we came in and the people that I know, that I know the immense hatred that they've had for us since we came to this place, there's no way you can legislate their morality or anything like that. He was like, so this integration madness and the civil rights is just madness. These people are corruptors. They're sellouts. The Uncle Tom, so on and so forth I never really understood that But then when I started looking around Right, because now I'm looking at it now Now he passed away In 87 But one of the things he got to see Is he got to see the crack epidemic And you know what he used to tell me He used to look at me and say Just imagine in your heart of hearts If Martin Luther King And Malcolm X could be resurrected And see the condition that the people are in right now would they think it had benefited them, or would they just look around and go, oh, my God, and have a heart attack and die? Because everything that they so-called was fighting for, look at look at the condition of our people. Mind you, he used to tell me the condition of the people before he died was way worse than he's ever seen it his whole life. And this was a man that was born in segregated Jim Crow, Miss Jackson, Mississippi. That ain't no walk in the mm. park. In 1918 Mm -hmm. So did that stuff really benefit us The politics and the religion And all this other stuff going on The secular uh, with the so called religion No it didn't But I'm going to show you what the remedy is Joshua 1 verse 8 It reads This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth But thou shalt meditate there day and night That thou mayest observe to do According to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So our prosperity and our success comes on the ability of us to put this word, the book of the, this law, the word of God in our minds, and apply them to our lives with precision. That's where the prosperity and success of a good life, according to God. Christ said it in Matthew 6. Seek ye the kingdom and the righteousness of God first, and everything else will be added on to. He didn't say nothing different than Joshua just said. But our people, because they're so simple and ignorant, they want to keep doing what's getting them what in worse conditions. I just told uh, y'all, eight shootings last week, upstate New York, small city, eight, Mm. eight shootings. Um, it ended up being four deaths because a couple of people was lingering on for three or four days This uh-huh. is not the white man coming into in the community because we love to throw the white That's what a lot of these Al shops is all oh, the white man the man back in the 60s when I was growing up It was the man my father used to tell me man. Ain't no man coming in here. It's these n-words doing it to each other uh-huh. They in My car last night I had to him some dude up because he was trying to come in the house last night. It wasn't no man or the white man. It was the N-word. So this is the thing. That's the confusion that we got, and that's the understanding that we have to elevate from those that want to hear what the Word of God says. The only absolute right thing to do is to bow down, serve the Most High in truth and in spirit, learn his word, and apply it to your life. That's how you're going to be successful and prosperous. That's what's going to benefit uh, Fit us as a people, not politics Not the so-called religion And these different denominations And so-called black leaders that are in church Back to you, brother
2: Well, Let me say this Because uh,
0: Psalms
2: 106 46 said this He made them also To be piteous of all those That carried them captives so people look at you know civil rights and things like that and oh this, this is what, you know I, I hear it all the time oh I have to vote and remember what everyone did the Lord did that He made them to have pity on us you know Paul Mooney really said the joke said if they will bring back slavery today people people would be like look welcome home your your room is just the way you left it you know mm. it's the Lord that did that. It is, it is the Most High that did that. Jeremiah 15 and 11 says, The Lord said, Verily it shall be well with thy remnant. Verily I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. So it's the Lord that did that. So people take that the Lord is doing blessings and miracles, holding back the time, because there are races out there. There's still some good old boys out there, killer, killer. And I'm not just talking about the white men, all nations that Mm -hmm. hate the, the people of the Lord.